This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the super fans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report super fan interview. And we have somebody pretty special today. Actually, Dr. Steve G. Jones was on season one with me. They were the second episode, I think. The most notable thing I would say that everybody would remember is the green juice debacle, but there was a lot more to that. So we're very excited to have clinical hypnotherapist, Dr. Steve Jones with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm excited about this for a couple of different reasons. One, it's been a while since we've caught up, so that's exciting. And two, I think now that we've had as many seasons of Below Deck as we've had the opportunity to witness, there's a lot of questions that fans in general have about the show and how it works. And I know that when we did it for season one, it was the Wild West. Now they obviously have a formula and people know when they look like cheap jerks on the show because there's a standard set. But at the beginning, when we first got this going, I mean, you were actually our first complete charter because the first group that we had got kicked off for having drugs on board, which was not, I have to be honest, a great way to start this entire adventure, but it's real life. So there you go. And then having you guys on was an absolute pleasure. There was a little bit of stress involved for me on the green juice end. But beyond that, I think you guys highlighted what I was hoping we were going to get for guests. When Bravo first took the show, they said they wanted to focus on interesting guests and beautiful places and really cool food. And you guys, I felt like embodied that. Everything else kind of went downhill after that until the very end. (laughs) But I think from your perspective as a guest during season one, I would be interested to know, because we've never really talked about this part of it, what your expectations were versus reality and what information you were giving in advance of the show coming on. Well, I wasn't given much information. In fact, it was very tentative right until the end. There's a lot of back and forth phone calling and double checking on things and nothing was really solid until maybe a week before. Of course, this was about 10 years ago now, but the only information I recall receiving was that we're going to be sailing off of St. Martin and I can bring a few friends. And that seems like that's about all I got. Did they give you any kind of a guideline on the tipping portion? Yeah. Well, they kind of sprung that on me at the end because I paid for the yacht, obviously. 
And so I didn't know there was any extra fee. I didn't even know about the tipping part because I thought, well, it's a show. I'm helping with the production costs. So that wouldn't be part of it. But they said, you're expected to give a tip at the end. And I said, well, how much did the last guest tip? Because I need some reference. And they told me that they tipped $10,000. And I said, well, I'll go ahead and tip $15,000. And then that was all the tipping conversation. It would have been nice if the first group tipped us at all, but of course they got kicked off the boat, so they didn't. <laughs> oh. So I wonder what happened to that $10,000. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'd like to know that too. I yeah. feel like they probably just pulled a number out of the air, but you really did set the standard because 15 has become the typical tip now that you expect. And when it's below that, you know that the crew screwed up. And if it's above that, you know, they went above and beyond. So for 10 years ago now, that's an amazing tip. <laughs> and adjusting for inflation, you know, exactly. five added to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting that they said it was 10,000 when it was actually zero. And then that ended up setting the standard of 15,000. But that's good for the crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to know what your expectations were going into it, or did you not have many because they didn't seem terribly organized? Yeah, I had worked with Bravo before. I had been on Millionaire Matchmaker a couple times. Oh, with Patty? Yep. That's cool. Yep. It was called Helping the Self-Helpers was the main one I was on. And I was on with uh, one of the housewives of somewhere. Uh, <laughs> one episode, they have all these housewives. Yeah. So I had already had experience with Bravo, and I guess that's how they found me. I guess that's how I ended up on a contact list. They actually contacted me to be on season two also on Below Deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I hadn't had much experience. No one had ever heard of the show Below Deck. It wasn't a show yet. They just gotten it approved thanks to Adrian's efforts. And there wasn't much to really tell because I don't think they even knew <laughs> what to actually expect. I agree. So being there during the filming process, you know, people ask me all the time if the show is scripted. And what I tell them is that they don't ever tell us what to say or what to do. They make strong suggestions for certain things and then they manipulate others. Like when we go out for our nights off, they tell the wait staff at the restaurant to withhold our food for a couple of hours so that we all get hangry, but they also pump us full of drinks at the same time. So they manipulate an exterior situation to us so that it causes more drama, obviously, because if you're hangry and then you're drunk, that's when most of the drama stuff happens. They didn't do that to you guys, to my knowledge. They just kind of let things happen, but you were very much there to not only have a vacation with some of your friends and associates, but to promote your business. And I tell people that almost every group of guests that we had come on board were there in an effort to either promote a business or a charity. It just didn't always make the cut and they're really surprised. And I think you were memorable for that because you got the opportunity to showcase what you do and Sorry, I wasn't super helpful with that. And there was a guy a couple seasons later that did Penny Stock. He made a big deal about the Wi-Fi not working. He also got some coverage on that. But none of the rest of the guests my season really had the opportunity in any way, shape, or form. So I just thought it was really interesting that you got that showcase. And it was probably because at that point, my tension with Sam was palpable. I don't know if it was that I wasn't receptive at the time to it, really, 
or if I was just so stressed out in the situation that I wasn't in the right headspace. I mean, maybe you can explain that a little bit better to me, but if anybody's not remembering completely what happened at one point during your trip, we all sat down in the flybridge and the crew was there and your whole group was there. We were all kind of doing these meditations and then you made your best effort to help me to calm down a little bit and to not take the situation so seriously. And it didn't work. I wish it had. It would have made for a much better season for me the entire way through. But maybe you can explain. Yeah, I haven't had much luck with TV hypnosis. I did it on Millionaire Matchmaker too, and they actually had to cut that scene out because the guy just sat up and he said, I'm not hypnotized. This is not working. So they had to cut the whole scene out. Yeah, TV hypnosis shouldn't be a thing ever because you need to have a relaxed, comfortable place where you can have quiet and you can trust that what you're sharing is private and you don't feel that the whole world's watching you or anyone's watching you besides the hypnotherapist. So that's not shocking at all. To your point about the manipulation of the scenes, I saw a bit of that in Millionaire Matchmaker when I was having dinner with my date on my main show where I was appearing as the millionaire, not as the hypnotherapist helping out. Mm -hmm. But they had set me up with a lady and they stopped the scene. They whispered in her ear. They whispered in my ear. They're giving us drinks, you know, trying to get us mad at each other. Then they start rolling again. And sure enough, she comes at me with all this fire and anger and it made great TV. But I didn't see any of that in Below Deck. There was nothing. In fact, oftentimes I would talk with, I guess it's the producer. Mm -hmm. Okay. The guy who was there with his wife, who was in charge of the filming. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. We just went on without you. Okay. Well, fine then. <laughs> I was just saying the psychology of that. Like, if it's not necessarily that it was a TV setting, but just the negative environment that I was sitting in already, not obviously with you, but because Sam was there and that was where the tension was coming from. And I don't think you guys knew that necessarily, or maybe the production people told you, cause I sure didn't, but you guys were our second trip. So the fact that it was already festering at that point was <laughs> not great, but I'm just wondering about that part of it. Like is having the person in the room that you're feeling all this tension with, does that affect the psychology of this? Yes, yes. And I don't think that you're a typical hypnosis candidate. I don't think that you would have sought the services of a hypnotherapist, especially the prices that I charge for <laughs> what you were going through. It doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, you wouldn't have paid tens of thousands of dollars because you're having a spat with someone on a TV show. It's highly unlikely. And it wouldn't have been filmed and the person you're having the conflict with wouldn't have been in the room. So none of that was ideal. That just wouldn't have happened in reality but it happens in reality TV. Right. And when they edited the show, I rewatched it this morning before we were going to speak and they didn't even show the meditation that you said that you were doing beforehand. They basically cut to just Adrian needs a stress relief. And then they show Sam sitting on the floor right beside her. It was a very odd way of delivering it. I wasn't thrilled with it for you and your practice because there are literally thousands of people that you've helped and it didn't put it in the best light with some of the confessionals that they surrounded it with, which is another great reason I wanted to get to talk to you because you have a YouTube channel, Dr. Steve G. Jones on YouTube. You also have stevegjones.com 
which has some very valuable, not only intrinsically valuable, but you could be charging a lot of money for these things on wonderful areas like health and confidence and a wide variety, some geared for women and pitfalls that we go into and some geared for men that are MP3s that you can download. And what you're doing is such a kindness. I wanted to put a better light on it than the light Bravo gave because they weren't very guest centric back then. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think they were doing what needed to be done for TV and, you know, putting the adversary in the room with you, Adrian, while you're <laughs> getting hypnotized. That would never happen. Right. And yeah, so they had to do what they had to do. Yeah. And back then it was more free form. I remember talking with the guy running the show. I guess he was the producer and he would ask me, what do you think we should do? And he said, you think we should have some kind of Zen evening? We'll have a, you know, an evening of Zen and massages and gentle music and stuff. I said, what I'd really rather do is do a hypnosis session and highlight that. And I almost had to strong arm him into it. I had to, you know, keep pushing for it mm -hmm. because it wasn't really on his list of things to showcase. Right. So I'm glad I did. And I found it somewhat unfortunate they weren't into that, but you know, they had a TV show to make. My understanding is now they have more high drama and not a lot of depth at all. Understatement of the century. <laughs> okay. 100%. They have people jumping off the boat while drunk in the dark. <laughs> it's gotten absolutely insane. Insane. And from what Adrian's told me, you're a more typical client of yachting, like in the actual yachting community. And we do have a lot of guests now who we do have some who are in that category, but there are also many who are looking for their moment. Well, now, I mean, they've got a laundry list of people that want to sign up to do it as guests. And they have the opportunity to weed through them and cast the guests just as much as they cast the crew, if that makes sense. Like they were reaching quite a bit for the first season to just talk people into doing this because it was a new concept. And some people were really leery about how it was going to turn out. So there was some guests that ended up bailing at the last minute because they just weren't sold on the idea. So I'm grateful that you did, Steve. I mean, that was the least of my stress you guys and one other group, the very last group that we had. But that was, I think more, not only were they amazing and friendly, but they were also the very last group. So I knew I had a light at the end of the tunnel. I was still very much in the tunnel when you guys showed up. So, I mean, for me, it was stressful no matter what. Again, I wish it worked. And when you mentioned a few minutes ago that that's not a typical situation and I would probably not be your typical client, I'm certain that by the time Someone gets to the point where they're like, all right, I'm going to part with this money because I see the value in a service like this. They're already in the mindset that they're open to it. And I think I was so much in survival mode at the point where I ran into you guys that I'm not sure I was receptive to anything. Like I could barely even sleep for most of the first several weeks that we were there. So all of that makes total sense to me. I was joking with Jen prior to you coming on. There's another captain on a different series that Jen is not a huge fan of, Captain Sandy. And I was hoping that you could hypnotize her into actually liking Sandy for the next season to see if that worked because <laughs> it's a real mental hurdle for her to get there. Yeah, guess what? Not receptive. So I'm not going <laughs> no, to well. have him waste his time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll have Bravo pay the bill exactly. if we do it. 
Speaking of the bill, I don't know. You said I set the standard on tip. I think I may have set the standard on price too. I don't know. Let me run this one by you. Mm -hmm. So when they wanted me on the show, they said it'd be $50,000. And I said, no, I'll give you 35. And they said, okay. Wow. And so (laughs) they got the other 15 out of me from the tip. So it was 50 total. But when they invited me back for season two, Mm -hmm. and I gave them a list of things they need to address for me to go back on in season two, they said, don't worry. We've already set the price for everyone for 35. So has that stayed that way since then? No, no. It's in the 60,000. 65 now? Yes. Oh my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's also for the Mediterranean. So most of them, they're flying from the U.S. to the Med, and that includes their flights and hotels there. But they're flying them coach. It's not like they're flying them in comfort class or first class. True. <laughs> I think we flew first class, Did but it was only nice. down to St. Martin. But I, I think it was first class. Yeah, but it was a short flight, not very far. Wow, that's really gone up. I would really get a pencil and paper out and call around. I had some guy call me in a subsequent season who was going to be on it. And he asked me if it was worth it. I told him to put his money in an index fund instead. Smart move. Yeah. (laughs) What has gone on now is it is almost like that people who couldn't necessarily afford the lifestyle are now pooling their money to have the uh, experience. You see what I mean? I tried that, but my friends didn't want any part of it. In <laughs> fact, they all told me not to go on the show, that it was a complete waste of money. Nobody wanted to pay anything. So the friends I had on, I had to pay the whole bill. So now they're pooling, which is, I think that's smarter. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I mean, it does allow regular folk like myself to possibly experience something like that. Yeah. They're not going for a week like you normally charter these yachts or 250000 for a week. They're only going for a couple of days. So it does let them see the other side of life, which is nice. But it also, you can see while watching who knows what to expect and who would normally do this in real life versus who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. They act crazy then. Yeah. Probably aren't used to it. Very demanding, asking for ridiculous things that no one who lives this lifestyle would be rude enough to ask for. Wow. So it's a whole different animal than your season. Wow. No, I think yes and no, because I still have people that have quite a bit of money and have chartered before and still act like jerks. So there's that. Yeah, well, few and far between, but there are still people like the that. jerk thing crosses all <laughs> universal money boundaries. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's no financial limit on being a jerk, I suppose. But do you have fond memories of the experience? Yeah, it was great. I mean, my friends still talk about it. I'm still friends with everyone who was there. Well, except the lady I was dating at the time. We're no longer together. Mm -hmm. But uh, everyone else I still talk to. And we've met up several times since then. And we've always talked about it. And we've always talked about getting a yacht again. Of course, we never have. Mm -hmm. But we've talked about it. You just need to do it without the reality cameras. Find out what Adrian is going to be chefing on and hit one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm more of a Rich Carlton. And four seasons guy, you know, let's stay on the land and yeah. go to the beach, but not go out on the yacht necessarily. But yeah, I mean, if we could put that back together again and Adrian and everyone get yeah, the band back together, too, you'll have to tell yeah. Darren to come back up from South America so that we can do a charter. Darren's the fun. one who's usually pushing for it. Yep. When I talk to him, of course he is. Hi, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darren. 
<laughs> Darren's an Aries, by the way, Jen. Oh, is like he? You. Yes. Yep. All right. Go Rams. <laughs> you guys were actually green juicing before green juice was cool. And that became a big thing on there. But what I wanted to know more, Ben has always been my gold standard. We have a new guy now that I'm enjoying very much on a different franchise, but Ben had always been my gold standard up to this point. As a person who's eaten his food, what did you think of Ben's food? I thought it was great. I mean, anything we asked for, he made it. He even let Darren and Mila in the kitchen to watch him mm-hmm. do his thing. Yeah, the food was outstanding. It seems like he was always rushed and under a lot of pressure and dealing with maybe substandard situations where he didn't have access to quite everything that he wanted mm-hmm. in terms of all the food and so forth. And he was pushed for time. But I think that probably just made for good TV, seeing him all stressed out. I remember he was always stressed out. And I think he's British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a British person getting stressed out, it was kind of like Gordon Ramsay, you know, just more entertaining, <laughs> I guess, to yeah. hear British people throw a, go into a tussie or whatever they call it. Yeah, he definitely had his hissies, but even yeah, hissy, yeah, yeah, even the wet chicken at your picnic was good then. Oh, when we got rained out, that wasn't yeah. his fault. Yeah, the lightning <laughs> that was they kind of photoshopped in a little bit of lightning, but yeah, there was actually lightning in the area and there was rain, but we still got to swim and we were under it's a car. It's funny that you said that because I saw that lightning this morning. I said that is not lightning. <laughs> yeah, that's the one you can get on Adobe. I think right, the, uh, yeah, the Apple products. the CGI <laughs> lightning. Yeah, it, right, right, right. Yeah, it was yeah. blue and it, oh, it was just bad, but it was funny. What they didn't show is they hired some horses. Do you remember that, Adrian? The yeah. horses we were on? Oh, yeah. They had some guy who had a bunch of wild horses, mm-hmm. and one of them ran off with my friend Will oh on my it gosh. and th- threw him off. I got off of my horse. I said, forget this, but they were not tamed horses. That's and crazy. we got on them, and Will got thrown off. I mean, he's lucky he didn't break his neck, and I got bucked a little. Then I got off, and we just canceled the whole thing, and they never showed any of it. Oh, but my goodness. That was just an example of how they were just kind of experimenting getting things together mm-hmm. yeah yeah we let's try this see if it works okay it didn't now we know they were just learning then yeah i think it was a massive growing experience and unfortunately you guys had to deal with some of the growing pains of all of that although i don't think it was necessarily the worst thing because we've seen guests in successive seasons that just are impatient about everything And I think we needed guests like you guys to be able to roll with the punches. And your group was insanely pleasant. I was really hopeful after you guys showed up, after the photographers and their drugs and all that stuff, that a lot more of our guests were going to be like you guys. I was incorrect. I was just (laughs) Sorry about that. Sorry to hear that. Well, maybe the fact that my friends weren't paying anything, it was all free. So they're probably very grateful. (laughs) And me, I'm just you know, used to good services. So I know you don't put down people who are helping you, you know, you, I don't treat people like that. So I think that combination kind of paid off. If you have everyone pitching in and everyone's paying some of the money, then everyone's going to probably expect some form of high quality service. I would imagine they're going to get a little upset if they don't get it. They're a little bit more invested in the outcome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Well, not only are you a great guy and a kind man, but you also, I don't know if this is a thing, but you have the perfect hypnotherapist voice. I'm very calm right now, which is not usually my state of being. And we've enjoyed having you on here so much. And thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jen and Adrian. And great to catch up with you, Adrian. Great to meet you, Jen. And hope you guys keep sailing smoothly. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Listeners, check out his YouTube, Dr. Steve G. Jones, and also check out stevegjones.com to get some of those free MP3s that will change your life. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week for the recap. And until then, bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.